Misadventures in Small Business share stories that will involve someone doing something stupid or embarrassing. This episode doesn't deal with a small business, but a large nationwide one that never fixed an easy problem. Some of us that prefer small business do it because we enjoy being versatile and wearing multiple hats every week. Some of us do it because we abhor people hiding in cubicles somewhere that are insulated from their poor follow-through. Maybe this episode might remind someone out there why it's worth building something lean and agile with no dead wood, even if it seems hard. As usual, I'll not use company or individual names of anyone involved, whether good, bad, or ugly. Misadventures in Small Business Number 4 A Christmas Miracle? After my unfortunate partnership dissolved, I went to work for a national security company to get restabilized financially as I had burned up a lot of long-term savings and retirement funds. I started out as one of their fill-in guys, but about six or seven months in, I was selected as a site supervisor for a high-profile account downtown. Overall, it was a good assignment. The account was in a 28-story building that had security. Our only responsibility was for the tenant that occupied two and a half floors. The pay wasn't bad for the work involved, and they had free catered meals every day for staff, including security, janitorial, and IT, which were all sourced by outside vendors. I oversaw three locations with a total staff of only eight or nine, which was quite painless. Every single person that worked there required an access badge to work all of the doors. The employees were given access badges on their first day. Unfortunately, as we were contractors under a nationwide contract, all of our initial access was handled by an inept account manager and his lackeys in San Francisco. The woman handling the access for new security hires for our company apparently had more important things to do than ensure that we could do our jobs. I had one new hire in May that waited five weeks to get her access and numerous others that took at least three weeks. In the beginning, we were able to cheat and just keep activating a spare visitor badge. Over time, the client tightened up access so we couldn't use this workaround. Several of us had to leave our badges at the end of our shifts so that the overnight or weekend guards would be able to enter the various suites. This went on for months with no positive resolution, no matter how many times I brought it up to the security company. I even tried to get the client site contacts in Phoenix to change the flow of new badges so that we could do it locally on day one, but that idea didn't get approved. Most of our turnover was with weekend guards as they generally just worked two 12-hour shifts at that site. We lost one for cyber-stalking one of the young female employees of the client. Another one got hired on with the state as security at a mental hospital with pay and benefits that wouldn't be possible in contract security except maybe as a manager. Anyway, I had a new weekend guard starting in December. Since I was dreading trying to juggle the realistic expectations of our client by not hotboxing another employee's badge with the laziness of my employer's team, I made a reasonable request. I asked the badge slacker in San Francisco if she could possibly perform a Christmas miracle and get my new guard's badge done in a timely manner. Maybe some corporate type listener can explain to me what I did wrong because I still don't get it. The badge in question got handled the same day as my request instead of weeks later, so I figured life was good. 
Somehow I got called into the local branch office to talk to HR. Both the branch manager and ops manager were out of town that day visiting a customer location several hours away. So I met with the HR manager and the sales manager. I explained that I had no idea how someone could take offense at that and was in fact tempted to act offended that someone was offended by my words, which were carefully chosen to keep me out of trouble. I explained that I know how to be offensive and this Mickey Mouse crap wasn't it. I further explained that I should be given credit for not saying what I was thinking when the badge came through in hours instead of weeks, which was, now was that so effing hard? I explained that I got the desired results after being a welcome mat for seven or eight months, so too bad. I'm not sure if they were contemplating a write-up before I showed up, but I wasn't given one. At some point, I pulled my site access badge off my belt and laid it on the desk, which caused them both to go on the defensive and try to talk me off the ledge. This was a few days before Christmas, and I was already scheduled for a seven-week Army NCO course right after the New Year. So if I had walked out, I would have missed out on just two weeks of income. As I stayed in place, I actually picked up both holiday pay and some overtime during those two weeks. While I was in Georgia for my training, I saw a notification come through on my phone that my work email had been disabled sometime in February, which was a sure sign that the badge had been disabled. I contacted the acting site soup, who relayed that all badges had been disabled that day. None of the guards that showed up for work were able to get in. Apparently, our slacking badge master forgot to renew access on the contract anniversary date. Additionally, a week or two later, she forgot to renew the acting site soup's quarterly badge validation. She didn't get fired or straightened out for either of these big screw-ups, but I was a bad guy for asking for a Christmas miracle? I got home in late February and worked exactly 10 days before I hit the one-year anniversary of starting at the site in early March. My final full day at the site was great. The CEO of the client company was in town to give some inspiration to the team, and we provided hallway security during his briefings. Less than an hour after I got home, I saw that my work email had gone offline again. I decided that if it was working again in the morning, good. I drove into work and right before my 6 a.m. start time, had to knock on the door by the security desk to get in. I couldn't even log into the work computer to begin my shift report. I called the ops manager and woke him up to say I was quitting. He tried to make it sound stupid by asking, so you're quitting over an access badge? Since it was a waste of breath to even explain something that should already be understood, I just replied, yep. The real answer was that there was a problem that no one wanted to fix for months on end, and I wasn't allowed to handle it. He had to cover the shift personally and for some reason didn't even want to see me for our our impromptu shift change. He called the other guard on the site phone and told him he had just pulled into the garage and to send me home. I handed the other guard my dead access badge and cleared sight. I ended up jumping into my sideline full-time at this point, which was property services. Unfortunately, the first six months were definitely tighter than anticipated, as I originally planned on building that up a bit more before bailing on the steady paycheck. Eventually, the property services morphed into commercial cleaning with some assistance from a friend and mentor, but that sounds like a future episode. Apparently, 
even something as pleasant as a Christmas miracle can be a misadventure. 